Coog's house. We have an exciting game with St. Mary's this weekend. As you guys know, California feels like a long way away, so I brought in some help to help us out. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the podcast of your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Park Andrew, to talk about all things Cougs. If you like what you hear, make sure you can subscribe to the channel down below. I would say if you're a hater, can you stop by? We are going to be joined by a guest I'll introduce in one second. So maybe you're not just a hater stopping by. Um, also, this is on YouTube. This is only our you know second-ish full week on YouTube. So welcome to the YouTube channel as well. Uh, once again, we're you know be giving stuff away once we get 250 subscribers. So make sure you comment below if you don't know what to say tell us what your favorite stuffing in a ravioli is all right zach um zach farmer joins us zach is a i want to say west coast conference aficionado because you are wcc guy (laughs) but more so than that you're a saint mary's guy so welcome zach tell us who you are what you do uh thanks a lot park for having me on um i'm i'm host the unofficial WCC Hoops podcast out here on the West Coast. I'm based in the Bay Area. I am a St. Mary's alum, so I have to kind of, I am going to put it out there. It's like, of course, I'm going to be rooting for my Gales. But, I mean, I've been a big West Coast Conference guy for the last decade plus since I was a student uh, back back in the day. I think I'm coming up on reunion year number 15 soon. So it's been it's been a while. So I, I'm I go as far back as even like the Adam Morris and Patty Mills days of the WCC. So know the league pretty well in and out. All right. So I got to ask, I am a teacher, so I feel like I'm cheating. How many times a year do you get asked what a gale is? (laughs) Right around tournament time, a fair amount. And and, uh, I I feel like in the general, we're a conference of like kind of like the misfit mascots. Uh, But a gale is kind of like is a Gaelic speaking Irish knight. Uh, so kind of like think Braveheart. That's kind of like the idea of where kind of what a gale is. Uh, but then even look around the rest of the conference. We have waves, pilots, toreros, dons. Like we're got kind of the mismatch of of a lot of the uh, the the one offs in in college basketball. <laughs> it, it makes it makes it more fun. Um, St. Mary's obviously Bay Area school as well. You're a Bay Area guy. Um, I got to ask, did you grow up rooting for St. Mary's and then go there? Or was it kind of something you fell into? Kind of fell into, actually. Like talking about on the teacher run, it was an assistant, uh, my assistant principal in high school that kind of got me to go. He was an alum of St. Mary's. And a real ran- random story, he found me in, like walking through class one day. And he said, hey, do you want to go on a tour of St. Mary's? And I'm like, I asked if I got out of class. He said, yes, I do. I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> and and uh, fell, fell in love with the place. Um, but I was... Uh, my college basketball team back when I was still in high school, middle school was Stanford. Uh, Cause I was in the midst of like the Mark Madsen, uh, Casey Jacobson teams back in the day. The, the, the one team that the Stanford team that made the final four run, you know, was back in 98, 99, somewhere in there. Uh, but that like, yeah, I, I date I'll date myself back to the, the old, the old <laughs> glory days of Stanford basketball as well. Well, and um, I think of, I guess shortly, it wasn't that team. It would have been a little later. They had Childress, right? Childress yeah. is a fun college watch. Um, any, interesting. I, because 
Houston's kind of in the same vein, although they're getting a little more notoriety now. Um, These smaller, I I don't want to say mid-major because they don't play middle-level basketball, but you don't necessarily see people grow up rooting for them and they just kind of fall into these schools. Houston, I guess, being a public university, does kind of fall and like it identifies with the city and, and region. Talk to us about the Gales this season. How has the fall been? Um, we're, you know, we're still talking, I guess I should, you know, peek behind the curtain. We're talking in November still. Um, what, what has the start of the season been like? And what, what has that been like as a fan and an alum? Yeah. I think there was a lot of excitement about St. Mary's kind of coming in. Uh, they were a five seed into the tournament last year. They knocked off Indiana in pretty in impressive fashion. Uh, they did lose to UCLA in the second round, but this was a team that returned a lot of the pieces. I know there was some concern uh, nationally and a number of pundits. Look, you lose a guy like Tommy Cousy, you lose a guy like Matthias Toss, and that's your point guard center combination. And so that was a big a big component Uh, like Tommy Cousy last year was kind of everything for St. Mary's. Uh, This was a guy who was a fit. He was a sixth year walk-on. He, he started as a walk-on at St. Mary's was a true walk-on. Wasn't like a recruited one. Like he worked his way up and his jump from uh, a season, his, from his, I guess his fifth year to his sixth year was just amazing. Uh, He, he, his percentage points went up, shooting percentages went up 10% across the board. He ended up being maybe one of like the stars of, of the early part of the WCC and NCAA tournament. He, he was, he ended up being maybe the, one of the best stories in all of college basketball a year ago. Um, then got in and then got a look at uh, the NBA and believe he's uh, signed with uh, the, um, the San Antonio uh, G league team. I believe that's where he is right now. So he's down there in Texas as well. Uh, so <laughs> He's getting used to it, and the Spurs have actually been good to St. Mary's grads in the past. Jock Landale was just most recently there, and then Patty Mills spent a long time in San Antonio. So it's a it's a team that's actually done uh, done St. Mary's pretty well, and we're pretty familiar with uh, the Spurs organization. Uh, but going into this year, I I was pretty confident about this group. This was a team that had a lot of the, I think a lot of the key pieces of return. You had three starters coming back: Logan Johnson. Alex Dukas and um, and Kyle Bowen, and then you had some some interesting pieces coming in, and it was a lot of younger pieces. So right now in the rotation, you have about three three freshmen who are getting significant minutes on in this on this team, and this is something that you don't see too often from a Randy Bennett coach team. You usually see it be pretty veteran heavy. A lot of guys who are returning who are going to get the heavy minutes. And this team is built differently than that. This team does have still have that senior leadership, but this is a team that now has a youth movement on it. And it's, and it's exciting to see because some of these pieces are going to be uh, real are going to develop, I think into some star players for this program. And we'll talk about a little bit more, I guess about those in a bit of like the Aiden Mahaney's, the, uh, the Josh Jefferson's and whatnot. But this team, I think has played really well so far. They, I was, I was pretty upset that they lost to Washington the other day. That was a that was a game that I think that they should not have dropped. But this is this is by far I think their best non conference schedule that they've had since Randy Bennett's been there. Uh, I was doing the averages before the season, and they had the one of the best um, one of the best non conference 
average average opponent strength in in the country and was by far the best in the WCC. And that's including Gonzaga, who we know is have right now in the middle of like a torturous stretch with the like baiting the PK eighty five. They have Alabama and um, they have Baylor coming up. So it's been impressive to see so far. But obviously, we're still in November and we got a long way to go. Well, and. Not to make it dwell on it, but as our last bit of looking back at the last couple weeks of basketball, what happened in that Washington game? Because you mentioned that kind of feels like an outlier for both St. Mary's as we've seen them in the past and St. Mary's this season. Yeah, I think what really what really threw them off was that was the zone defense that uh, Washington employed. I think that was one of the challenges that they haven't seen something like that. And you don't see too many teams implement a zone all that often. And even when they do, it's maybe a one off one-off or a few times throughout the game. Washington employed this thing almost the entirety of the game, and it was and it was working. Uh, it really it really threw our guys off. I thought that there was opportunity in the mid and the high post that there could have been like, and we had saw some mid-range jumpers get hit by uh, Joshua Jefferson, who came off the bench and hit a couple of of shots there to kind of like alleviate some of that pressure but we couldn't consistently figure out a way to break that until very late in that game, probably about the halfway through the second half is when they finally started to figure it out. And, and I think at times it's like, this is a team because this is, they play such a slow pace. They play such a slow play pace and they also are such a defense first team that when they hit a cold streak, it's harder for them to kind of climb back in the games. It seems at times. And this is, I think that was a struggle this time around. I think that was a struggle against Washington. Not that they didn't come back because they did. They forced this game into overtime. And, but in that overtime period, it was finding, finding the right guys, finding the, I think the guard play was where, where there's still work to do because we have a couple of younger, younger players who are, really kind of manning the point guards position. Um, Augustus Marshallonis and then uh, Mahaney, as I mentioned earlier, are kind of like the two younger guys. You have a sophomore and a freshman who are kind of handling those point guard responsibilities. And so there's still there's still a learning curve there. And I think that's where we're what we're seeing right now. Well, it just you never know what you're gonna get when you're playing against a zone. But one place that you might know what you're gonna get is Bet Online Net. Now, BetOnline.net is your number one uh, source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for your favorite and uh, professional and amateur league out there. Uh, professional football, basketball, soccer, esports, all of it's on BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, they have those at BetOnline as well as the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Hit the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. So you're a Bay Area guy, Zach. I'm going to throw the pick this week to you. Because an exciting NFL game that you can make your pick up BetOnline.net for this weekend is the Miami Dolphins. And uh, actually, Mike McDaniel is former yeah. o- offense coordinator from San Francisco, is heading to San Francisco to play Shanahan and the 49ers with K- Christian McCaffrey and all the fun new guy, uh, new look. I guess I guess Garoppolo is not that new, but it wasn't what you thought was going to happen. <laughs> the Niners are favored by three points at home. Um, that is as tight as it gets <laughs> in yeah. the NFL these days. Zach, are you taking the Niners, the points? What are you looking at there? I I think I would take the I think I would take the Niners and the points. This team defense has played so well over the last few weeks. I believe the stat is they haven't allowed a single point in the second half over the last 
three three games. So this is a team that has really started to play really well defensively um, in the last few weeks. Like aside from maybe all the criticism that Jimmy G does get and all of that, um, I, I'd take the I take the Niners this week. Well, and you heard it from a Bay Area guy himself. Take the Niners. Take the to, m- Niners minus three all the way. Um, that's just an interesting close game. It's right. It's at the game of the week, you know, 405 Eastern slot. That's a fun one. Make sure you're checking that out. And Zach says to take Niners. Zach, as we're looking at back to our basketball game, because that's, you know, the Niners are Sunday afternoon, but we'll have had a fun Saturday night before that. Yeah. Um, what kinds of guys? You mentioned some young guards. Um, again, peeking behind the curtain, you and I talked some about this on your podcast, so I encourage you to go check that out for more in-depth stuff. But what names do the listener and I need to know or need to be prepared to hear a lot of on Saturday night? So I think a couple of the guys, and I'll start with the one I've already mentioned, and that's Aiden Mahaney. Uh, this is freshman point guard, uh, 6'3". He's, he's coming off the bench right now. Uh, he's averaging 13, 13 per game. Uh, his college debut, he scored 25. Uh, this is he has for for a freshman in Randy Bennett's system again. Like as I mentioned, you don't see too many younger players, especially freshmen, get a lot of run or play usually with with his teams. But he has this is about as green of light of I I've seen a freshman have in his system since, and and it's crazy to kind of say this since Patty Mills. And again, we've talked about like this is a team that's had Matthew Delavadova on it in the in the last decade plus. And you've had the likes of a Tommy Cousy or a Jordan Ford, um, and but he this is the greenest light I've seen from a freshman in a long time. He he has the swagger. He has he has the confidence that he knows um, where to find his shots. And I think he's and I think what's really helping him is that he has some there's some veteran savvy to him because he he takes what the offense what the defense will give him. He's not going to force shots. He does still try to be a distributor, even though he's definitely probably a score first point guard. Uh, he's definitely someone to to keep an eye on uh, in this one. And then uh, someone we that we you and I talked about was Mitchell Saxon, uh, the big center at for for the Gales. Uh, he's been averaging uh, 15 points, not almost nine rebounds. He's been incredibly efficient uh, for this team uh, so far this season. He's also seventy-two percent free throw shooter, so it's he's not some he's not a center where you can start to to like a hack a center because he's going to punish you from the free throw line as well. Um, and he he was also probably one of the better defenders on this Gales team a year ago. Uh, one of the matchups I and I keep going back to it when I talk about Saxon and what I thought was how he was able to kind of contain and limit Chet, uh, Chet Holmgren for Gonzaga. A year ago where he was able to keep in front of him guard him inside and out it was really impressive to see and then he also got to be able to do it um on the international trip that the team took and was as they played some of the uh the pro the pro teams in australia over the summer another a couple other names i think like are going to that are going to be you're not going to see in the starting lineup but i think are going to play some pretty significant roles uh one is going to be luke barrett uh, he's coming off the bench. He's a six-six forward. Uh, he's physical and he's incredibly efficient. He kind of is that guy that does all the little things you want on a team. Uh, he's going. He's going to get in there and and grab rebounds. He's going to shoot at a high high clip. Uh, he's only playing about thirteen minutes uh, per game right now, but he's shooting fifty-five percent from the floor. So this is a guy of like you. You can't you can't leave him out on the perimeter. You can't leave him open. He will. 
he will take advantage of of the situation. Uh, and then and then amongst the other starters, I think I I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Logan Johnson, and he's another returner, um, another fifth year guy who is, in my opinion, maybe the best on ball defender in the WCC. And so this is someone who also has some NBA pedigree to him as well. His brother, Tyler, played in the league for about six years. So this is good family genes on, on the basketball front. This, he, is good, he is a wipeout-type defender. When, he, when, when they draw up who, who's going to be the guy to kind of like to take care of a wipeout, that's, this, is the, this is what Logan Johnson does. So I... I'd anticipate that Logan's going to be matched up with Marcus Sasser on Saturday. I'd anticipate that's what the matchup's going to be. Um, they'll probably throw a number of different, a few different defenders at Sasser just to mix it up. But Logan's probably going to be the primary there. And again, like this is this is someone who is going to be on on you. And it's like it's not going to look the prettiest. This uh, St. Mary's team last year had kind of a motto of gritty, not pretty. And I th- that's kind of what they still look like to an extent. I think they're a little bit more efficient offensively, but gritty, not pretty still, I think, aptly describes what the St. Mary's team is going to bring. So you mentioned a couple guys. You also answered one of my questions. A big question for Houston is like, can they get Sasser going? And this freshman, can we get Jarris Walker going? You mentioned Logan Johnson probably draws the Sasser matchup, a, a guard, a classic. I say classic scoring two guard. He's a six, you know, Sasser's listed six two, depending on the listing you're looking at. Do you think you mentioned Mitchell Saxon, uh, your big fella who could go out and cover Chet Holmgren on the outside last year? Um, does that mean he's going to be the guy that draws the Jarris Walker matchup? Uh, I, 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 my listener, I know Jarris Walker. Jarris Walker's a six eight perimeter broad-shouldered guy he's kind of an odd matchup and it's always interesting what teams do it in mm-hmm. i i would say no actually so one of the guys i did not mention who i think is probably going to draw that matchup is kyle bowen uh bowen is probably our best post defender on this team he also is a he's also a senior on this squad uh one of the aussies that st mary's is always kind of known for on this team he's he is now it's again like he's not going to look the best like he's not going to put up big scoring numbers or anything like that but he's going to do all the dirty things he's going to do all the dirty work he's going to be one of the he's the deep he's really that kind of like that that backline def, defensive captain for this team like he's like where Logan Johnson is kind of taking care of the perimeter Kyle Bowen is taking care of the backside and you're so you're going to see kind of like him probably talking a lot throughout the course of the game of yelling at guys to get into spots. He to an extent like and I'll use like uh, kind of the Bay Area West Coast example. He kind of like Draymond Green talking out there and getting people into their spots and everything else. So he's kind of playing that that role for for St. Mary's, and 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 I. And I'm already kind of like predictive. It's like he's he does look a little weird. He's got the shaggy hair. He's got the mustache. It's like you're, you'll find Kyle Bowen real fast when you're watching <laughs> this game. So if Kyle Bowen draws that matchup, um, obviously that's like entirely uh, that's all consuming, right? Um, is there any other uh, when I think of a guy that like spends all the ex- extensive energy on defense? that probably draws from their offense. That's one of the things I think Houston does really well is like Jamal Shedd is their lockdown defender and Sasser then has more of the offensive responsibilities. Um, does does it feel like that that's going to be a give a tug and pull for the uh, St. Mary's Gales this weekend or is it going to be 
is it is it going to be the kind of thing where like, hey, you cover him, I'll score on that end? Like, like how's that worked out for them so I, far this year? So, so Kyle Bowen, I think Kyle Bowen and Logan Johnson, I think, are two guys who, if you gave, if you told them just play defense, they'd be real happy with that. <laughs> if you told them just play one side of the basket, I think they'd be good. Um, but I think they're going to need mo- a more balanced game out of Logan Johnson to be able to to get this game for the Gales to kind of pull this out. I think they're also going to need a bigger game from uh, Alex Dukas. We have not talked about yet. Uh, he's the three man on this team. Uh, he's the best shooter on this team. Uh, 44% from three. He's kind of a tweener. He's six, six. So he can kind of, he plays a little bit of the three. He, if they play small, he might play four. Uh, but he, but he is someone who's, you're going to have to keep an eye on because if you leave him alone, you get, you get, let him get going. And like this, is, Dukas is a guy who can really start to burn you. Uh, he had 20 points. I believe it was against Hofstra just a few games ago. So, and over the course of the last couple of years on average, like he's actually been, I think the, the teams amongst the team's leading scores, like he's always right around like 12, 13 points a game. Uh, so Alex Dukas, I think is we're probably going to be relied upon a little bit more for the offensive load on this team more so than like a, a cow bone. So I think offensively it's probably going to be Saxon Dukas is going to be that combo you're looking at. And, and we'll see about Mahaney. Cause again, like I know like your team, like shed is going to wipe out somebody and I'm sure it's actually going to be keyed in on Mahaney. <laughs> so uh, we'll see, we'll see again, like this for a freshman to kind of go up against a team with this much experience is going to be a challenge. Yeah, and I, you know, Houston has done some really impressive things this year. But we also saw some, you know, some holes in the chainmail on Saturday, right? We saw, or uh, we saw, you know, they get a little full of themselves and go play someone. Samson was not shy about saying they the uh, Kent State was the tougher team, right? Like that that does happen sometimes. Um, and, and everyone, I I said on your podcast, I'd be surprised if they go undefeated this season. I'd like to see it. It makes it a fun thing to cover. I would be surprised if they go undefeated this season. Um, in looking forward a little bit, um, let's say on, you know, crystal ball, I'm telling you, you know, you're waking up Sunday morning and St. Mary's won this game. What happened? What did it look like? If they win this game, I think the way this goes is that they've, they probably held Houston to un. I think they've probably held them in under 60. Again, like this is a same race team who who is defense first. Uh, when they beat when they've beaten Gonzaga, when they've been number one in the past, I think the last time uh, they held them to forty seven. So this is a this is a same race team that knows how to to really limit and subdue some really powerful offense, some really high powered offenses. And we know Gonzaga's one has had one of the best offenses um, in the past like decade. Uh, year in year out, they're one, usually one of the best. Now, part of that, obviously, I can say is like it's familiarity. They see Gonzaga on the regular, so you kind of know how to game plan against them a little bit better. But I would say, like, you need they're going to need a big game out of Logan Johnson again. As I kind of said, I think they're, he's going to need to have more of a balanced game, not just on the defensive end. But then also, I think they're going to need to get something out of out of Mahaney off the bench. I think the bench is going to play a key role in what happens in this contest. So if they can get somewhere in the range of like 15 ish points off the bench, I think that's going to serve St. Mary's really well. So it's going to require being, it sounds like, you know, the ideal St. Mary's win here would be a low scoring game because it helps make it competitive and those kinds of things. Houston has this giant target on their back now with the number one 
you know, the, the little number one next to their name. Yeah. Right? Um, obviously, I imagine I didn't need to put any extra things to get St. Mary's best shot, but I imagine that means they're getting St. Mary's best <laughs> shot. What is a, a even just a competitive game on Saturday night, but what is a competitive game or a win do for St. Mary's this season? You mentioned a disappointing game against Washington. Just, Washington, Washington State, just a couple days ago, right? Like, um, what does that potentially leap them into? It's funny. I was kind of making the joke on uh, in a video I did earlier today about if they were to beat, say, if they were to beat Houston, somehow we still wouldn't get into the top twenty-five. Then somehow <laughs> we would get disrespected, or they they'd forget that we played, or something like that. Um, I mean, I think it immediately kind of leapfrogs them back into the top twenty-five, at least in the low like 20s or whatnot somewhere in that ballpark because they were already getting votes a week ago so we know that they were that voters are starting to kind of pay attention i what i think it also does is gives them a little bit more of a cushion when it comes to uh the rest of the non-conference not to say that i don't think that they're going to play well in the rest of the non-conference i do but they have they have a loaded non-conference we still have san diego state colorado state new mexico wyoming on the on the docket conference play you got half Half the league right now is in the top 100 in Ken Palm with another couple that are right on the heels of breaking that top 100. So I think it gives them a little bit more breathing room. But what I, but I grand scheme of things, because I thought that the St. Mary's team all, all offseason long is capable of reaching the second weekend and being a Sweet 16 team. I think what this does is put them in a much better spot for seeding when we get to March. That they're talking about, okay, this team – Depending on what they do, if they get if they do end up beating Houston, they also beat Gonzaga maybe once throughout the course of the regular season. Now you're looking at maybe a solid at least six seed and looking at even higher than that. Um, they were a five seed a year ago. I don't necessarily expect them to be back there, but I do expect them to be comfortably into the tournament and hopefully uh, playing in Sacramento because that is one of the the first weekend sites. So it'd be a nice. It was just a quick pick, quick car ride up the road. <laughs> oh, with the final four being in Houston, we are the city. We are very much familiar with the idea of p- potentially playing at or near home. Um, I I just think it's interesting because, like we mentioned on your show, I mentioned when I talked with uh, Locked On Zag host Andy Patton, right? Like the smaller schools, these handful of giant matchups before Christmas get weighed so so heavily. Um, not to rain on your parade, yeah. if it goes horribly south. <laughs> what does that do? What does that do for the season? Honestly, I have since I saw it on the calendar, I've been writing it in as an L. So <laughs> I don't know if it actually changes all too much on the way I was out looking the St. Mary's season. I I thought it was going to be a great opportunity against the team that we expected to be in the final four, a potential title contender. Not to say that obviously we we know that we can compete with that level because we see Gonzaga on a regular basis, so we know we can hang with them. Uh, but we knew that this was going to be a different style, a style that we were familiar with. But one of the things that I do think St. Mary's teams struggle with at times is more athletic teams. And that's where I I thought that we were going to struggle against Houston, where I, I still – Unfortunately, I do think while I'm a little bit more confident uh, based on some of the conversations I've had, I'm still hesitant because of the athleticism Houston brings uh, in this matchup. I don't think it necessarily hurts St. Mary's in the long run, even if it's like it's a blowout or whatnot. Again, Saint, I think the St. Mary's schedule has been built well enough that it's going to survive that one way or another. 
Now, I think if they come off that loss and then don't beat San Diego State next weekend, then that might actually be a little a little bit of a worse scenario because now you've compounded the one loss with now another one, and the rest and some of the rest of the non-conference schedule is it's it's okay they're solid teams, but now we might not see another like really good team until conference play. Gotcha. And, and again, I, I think it's just interesting to think like. You mentioned like this game is San Diego State, and like it's weird to think like you could know by the end of San Diego State how the season could like that just that doesn't seem right, but it's the way it's going to go, right? It's the way it's going to go. Zach, in, in wrapping up here, you do a lot of work with the WCC. You don't hide the St. Mary's bias. Um, what? Where can people find you, your work, and talk to you about the game? Win, lose, tire, draw. I hope it's nice, but win, lose, tire, draw. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, you can find. You can find uh, the unofficial WCC Hoops podcast on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, also, you can find find it on YouTube. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Post by Zach. Also on TikTok, which I'm starting to still figure out, but also Post by Zach there as well. Gotcha. And if you figure out the TikTok thing, I don't mean to date myself, but I'm learning it very much myself. Um, folks, you know, but you can find me wherever you want to talk Houston basketball, Houston Rockets, Astros. Uh, we can talk about the Cougs football team and what bowl game we're going to. That's kind of thing you want to. All at Painsworth five one two. Thank you all so much, Zach. Thank you for showing up today. I typically end by saying go Cougs, but I'm trying to be collegial here. <laughs> but let's have a good game this weekend, huh? Let, yeah, let's have a good one. <laughs>